back to So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name's Evan, and as always, I'm joined by two mummy's boys. It's Sam and Carl. How you doing, mummy's boys? I'm good, mate. I think I think that intro blew my microphone out. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be taking the volume down on that for sure. It's the only way I can <laughs> ease myself in to this and gain enough confidence is by being as loud as possible. <laughs> We're winning that loudest intro uh, <laughs> tournament. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, doing oh, good. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm high energy voice. Oh. I'm leaving that silence in. <laughs> We're recording on Put a Friday in. for once after work and the energy levels are up there. <laughs> yeah, I was fully thinking Carl was going to jump in. Um, okay, edit, edit, edit in this. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm feeling good. I went to see uh, Thor: Love and Thunder the other day, and that was uh, oh, that happened. Yeah, I won't be annoyed that you took Joe. Yeah, I'm slowly worming my my way in, <laughs> becoming Joe's best friend. You fucking dog, Joe. I know you're listening to this. I hate you. <laughs> 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 We still need to get Joe on at some point just to wind you up, Evan. <laughs> I'm annoyed thinking about it. Love you, Joe. Fuck you, Joe. Yeah. Shout out to our number one fan, Joe. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, <laughs> Joe. You're a star. <laughs> this week, upon my request, we watched the 1999 absolute banger, The Mummy. Shall we get started with a quick plots and not? Uh, sorry, just quickly, you made a little mistake there. You said 1999. Is 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 a 2017 movie, The Mummy, <laughs> with Thomas uh, Cruise Mapitha. Thomas, <laughs> yeah, it starred Thomas Cruise Mapitha, famously. This movie was from 1932. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you tell? Everybody was a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> so glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> I'm sure all the plots are similar enough to these movies. They'll all line up. Let's just discuss them anyway. I still want to do that episode someday where we all watch separate versions of a movie and then try and do this. <laughs> <laughs> that is my dream. It's hard enough watching the <laughs> same This would have movie. been a good opportunity. <laughs> Shit enough. Yeah. At an archaeological dig in the ancient city of Hamunatra, Ham- Hamunatra, I practiced that Quite so enough. many times. If Hamunatra, you go watch the film, they say it a few times. An American serving in the French Foreign Legion accidentally awakens a mummy who begins to wreak havoc as he searches for the reincarnation of his lost love. I'll tell you what's the problem with these plot synopsis. <laughs> plot synopsis. Oh my God, I'm losing it. Plot synopsis. That's why I say it like that. There's never any <laughs> punctuation in them. So I'm trying to read this one long continuous line. And you know how I speak, which is in these yeah, it's all thousand breath. troughs. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Put a full stop <laughs> in there. I, just, I, was, I was really hoping if you struggled with... Uh... Hamanatra, how are you going to say the pharaoh's lover, who I cannot, I've got no chance of saying her name. Yeah, and it's spelt not how it's pronounced. So every yeah. time I look at it, or I go to pronounce it like that. I've been practicing that. It's too. got at least I'm seven worried. more syllables. Yes, <laughs> it's a long name. That needs some punctuation. <laughs> Shall we get started? Let's crack on. Excellent. So we come into the movie meeting Imhotep and Anaxnamun. Oh, very nailed. good. Nailed, Nailed it. it. <laughs> Almost. Anaxonamun. There's two hyphens, I guess. 
She is the lover of the pharaoh, Seti the First. Yeah. I had an issue with that. He doesn't need to be called the first if he's the first one. He's just Seti. Did they call him the first at the time? Like, did, did he walk in, they went, oh my god, Seti the first. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that might be because that's... it's being told from the future, not because that was what they called him at the time. No, this was the first yeah, guy named Seti. <laughs> it'd be the same as if, like, someone referred to you always as their current boyfriend or their current husband. You start to, <laughs> you start to question it a little. Maybe a little bit of a mistrust and sneak in. Everyone called you Seti yeah. the first. <laughs> yeah, or if someone back in... Uh, Whatever, 1912 said, Oh, I'm just off to fight in World War One. <laughs> One. <laughs> My favourite Fucking war. slow down. <laughs> oh, mediocre war. Anyway, Anaxonamun is the lover of the Pharaoh, Seti I. Not his wife, one of his lovers, and she's not allowed to shag anyone else, but she is shagging someone else. Imhotep. The priest of the dead or some such? He's some kind of priest. Yeah. Yeah, she, he's he's a priest with a lot of with a lot of gold boys serving him. And when Anaxonamun, if that is her name, walks in wearing basically nothing but nipple tape, <laughs> I love how she walks past walks past all of these golden bodyguards who watch her go past, and then all file out to the bathroom <laughs> one by one. <laughs> they love getting a little cue going. <laughs> <laughs> I could never figure out when I was a kid what freaked me out so much about I'm just going to call her a knack from now on because I'm just mm. heading for trouble please a knack from the PlayStation 4 game <laughs> stun shock that's what that sound was <laughs> ladies and gentlemen I have no idea what you're talking about Yeah, what you, what oh. you just witnessed was the worst joke on this episode <laughs> <laughs> And now there's been too much laughter exp- for us I to I won't even explain out. it. <laughs> there's someone out there who will love that. it. I'll let that steaming shit set in. Yeah, I could never figure out what freaked me out so much about her when I was a kid. Because there's nothing wrong with her. She's a, a lovely looking lady. She doesn't really do anything wrong until she tries to stab someone later, but that's because she's undead. And I figured out today, it's because her lips are painted the same colour as the rest of her body. So that was alarming to me. <laughs> that is such a strange way to describe skin colour. Ghost lips, is that what you're saying? Well, even if there were ghost lips, there would be a contrast to the rest. It looked like her face went down Where and does then continued face into her mouth. and her lips start? <laughs> I don't trust it! Well, the magic makes no sense in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't figure out what freaked me out about this movie. Because I have a very strange history with it, in that a videotape showed up in my house when I was a kid. I put it showed on. Showed up. Well, I'm sure. So, yeah, that's what happens when you're a kid. People buy things and they show up. You don't buy anything when you're eight or nine, I guess. Well, but, no, it just sounded a bit ominous. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I, I put it on, and I remember this being the most terrifying film I'd ever seen. And I turned it off and never finished it, and then came back to it as a teenager and just went, "Oh, it's a comedy." It's never clicked before This movie's not scary at all Oh, she actually does have lips They're just painted a different (laughs) (laughs) colour Like, oh, this isn't scary anymore (laughs) (laughs) Seti the First enters the room And everything looks normal Because she is just leaning against the statue of a cat 
like he always does. There's nothing for him to be suspicious about. But Stands then, in this empty room, leaning. Immediately, Imhotep slides in behind Seti the First. Yeah. And, okay, so I'm, I'm leading up to this now, because this is the joke I was talking about before we started. <laughs> oh, it's got so much build-up. Manager I, uh, expectations. Did I, go, did I go in too early by labelling something the worst joke in this episode? Yes, you may have. <laughs> so, Seti the First walks into the room. Also, first I want to note that he has crazy Johnny Bravo hair. I know that's like some sort of crown he's got on, but that's straight up gold headpiece, whatever it is. I love that vibe. I don't remember what he looked like. I'm so sorry. He's in this movie for like 20 seconds, so I don't blame him. In fact, we don't see a whole lot of character in this movie. He's like gone by three minutes, which is the whole opening there. But the actor's performance, I deducted from this scene, his only note was to act surprised at everything he was about to witness. (laughs) I've written this little bit for you boys. He's completely surprised that someone has touched an act. He then asks, who touched you? Imhotep slides onto the screen, surprising him, and to which he exclaims, Imhotep, who then unsheathes his sword, which Seti is surprised by. Surprising <laughs> Seti, Anak also reveals a blade, and both begin to slash and hack, surprising him. The chorus of unlocking gold boys watched, shocked and surprised at their pharaoh being killed. He is dead. And surprised. <laughs> I really tried hard... To turn that into some sort of poem, but I could not get it to work, so I just left it as the raw text. That would have been more effort than it was worth, yes, to be honest. Yes. But, yeah, very surprising movie. It's called Surprised, that piece. I'll be posting it on our blog for anyone who wants it. Maybe I'll pop Beautiful. it on a t-shirt. It's a white shirt, yeah. black text. I enjoyed it, I'd buy that. So they kill the pharaoh, he's dead, the guards enter... Uh, Anak chooses to kill herself rather than being taken alive and Imhotep escapes and the real movie begins. She chooses to be killed rather than taken alive by the guards. She didn't, I mean, she could have just left, right? I mean, he left. (laughs) He he left and said, stay here, it's okay, I'll resurrect you in 3,000 years. (laughs) Did she not say, hold on, (laughs) I'll come with you? He was like, no, 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 you stay here. You stay here and die, I'll get you back. It's okay. Distract them. I'll come back and steal you. Steal your corpse. It's like, no, it's fine, I'll just come. No, 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 no. You stay here. He's got a weird thing for dead people. Oh, he loves that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. He does try to raise her straight away, somehow having gotten her body and brought it back to his own temple, which is Hamanaptra. And so Imhotep attempts to raise her from the dead, and the, the guards all pile in. Somehow, oh, I say somehow finding him, he went back to his base and they stopped that <laughs> from happening. And then their plan is, because this dude is a blasphemer, he's killed the pharaoh, dragged his mistress. Their plan is to make him an immortal god who cannot be killed and has all the power in the world. And everything that is needed to resurrect him after they bury him as the, as the mummy is all in the same location as him. It's... I mean, there's, I'm going to talk about this a bit, but... It's a risky move, It's not sure. much it of a punishment, out. is it? <laughs> it's like, Eternal life. Right, you fucked up now. We're going to kill you, and then in such a way that you will become immortal and stay there alive until someone, oh, let's hope not, someone comes and resurrects you. And we'll put the book that resurrects you 
just over here. Just just over here. <laughs> Let's really hope that no one comes here with the key to the to the book, which we'll put just over here. <laughs> it's just over there. It's just over there. And all Look, they have to do. It's all right, lads. The book's over here and the key is over there. So <laughs> Let's just hope they don't read the first page of this book. The first paragraph of the first page of this book. It's all it takes to bring you yeah. back. Mm. Also, we'll bury all your guards here and make them immortal as well. well you've got to make the guards immortal. They're blasphemers too. Everyone gets sit on the naughty step forever. This is what this is. <laughs> you think about your actions from now until the end. It is. It's the immortal naughty step. But you know when you get off it, you'll be a god. I'd take that. And a good boy, supposedly. Mm. Absolutely. The best boy. So that's our introduction concluded, and we skip ahead to Hamanatra, 1923. We meet Rick O'Connell, our beautiful protagonist. I'd like to question at this point. 1923, we we join him at. Why? This came out in 99. Why put it in that? We said this last last week with the Rocketeer. We were like, why is it in 1938? Why is this in the 20s? Uh, it's because yoga was invented in 1924. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everyone's pretty lithe in this. I think maybe it's it's to do with the amount of weapons you could kill a mummy with nowadays. Whereas back then you just had I a guess. gun that had to be reloaded every time you shot. <laughs> I guess if they had flamethrowers and rocket launchers and yeah. stuff, as we all do the nuke. nowadays. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they totally have flamethrowers post-World War One, right? I've got no idea. What? Well, there's Let's the biggest plot hole. Where's all the flamethrowers? <laughs> That may or may not have existed. Yeah, so uh, Rick so, and his new cohort are, are digging up Hamanatra, uh, and all these magi show up now and start murdering everyone. Yeah, well, no, it's not the is it? It's not the magi, is it? It's just the, the local magi tribe, are I standing on a on a local hilltop, a nearby hilltop, watching this battle go on between people and other people, and I've got no idea what the motivations of either of them are. Except I guess they're fighting over Hamanatra. Every time people go there, the Magi are sending people, aren't they? And that's why there's less and less each time, because they keep getting killed. (laughs) Maybe that was it. I didn't... That's not what I got from it. That wasn't what I picked up either. No. I have a question for you boys about... Go for it. Surrounding this scene is we keep cutting to... His his name's Ardith Bay, the lead Magi. And... Did you boys listen to what he said? Not for most of the movie, no. So I couldn't figure out whether this was intentional or not, but he has three scenes where he speaks in Egyptian in the early part of this movie. Each one subtitled differently. Each one, he says the exact same fucking Egyptian line or line in Egyptian. Really? And I could not figure out if that was just, is that a joke? Or is that just them recording the same scene over and over again just going I'll oh, stick that in stick that in put a different subtitle over it no one will notice and apparently no one noticed I love that presumably no one who speaks Egyptian has ever watched this <laughs> no That's idea great, though. so this fight's all happening and we're introduced to yeah. Benny as well who's our I'm not sure how to describe him he is an antagonist but not a very kind effective of. one yeah I'd describe him as Weasley, in that he continually makes lots of very Weasley noises throughout the film and then scurries (laughs) away. Most of the scenes he's in, 
He's doing little squeaks and then running away. He looks out of a lot of situations. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the amount of movie that guy survives is impressive. And that, we'll probably cover it a bit later once we get into the main bulk of this. But he is probably my favorite character in this. He has a moment a bit later on, I think, is a work of comedy genius. Oh, I'll be interested to hear what that is. Uh, He's kind of the inverse to Jonathan, who's very similar in that he can't do anything directly. He's sort of bumbling about, but he's your lovable good guy. Whereas Benny's, yeah, yeah, you love to hate him because he's such a little slime ball, but he's also quite funny. He is a slime ball. One thing I want to call out in this this battle is, um, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but Brendan Fraser, who I will, as is the norm, Refer to as Brendan Fraser throughout this throughout this film, um, because I can't remember his name. You can't he, remember Rick he, O'Connell. Rick O'Connell. Okay, I'll say Rick O'Connell. He runs into the to the ruins, and he's jumping over stuff, and he's firing his guns. <clears throat> he throws his rifle aside, and he pulls out two pistols, and he throws them aside, and he pulls out two more pistols. I don't think anyone reloads a gun in this inter- except for the very start when they're firing their little muskets. I don't think anyone reloads a gun in this entire film. They fire, run out, chuck it away. Yeah, yeah. I think they'd figured out. I don't think they'd figured out how to reload guns at this point, back in the twenties. And so this is also where Rick discovers there is some sort of curse going on here because there's all that magic sand that attacks him. Spooky magic sand, and everyone runs away oh, as yeah. soon as it stirs. And you hear like that the whispering whole army in the just wind. goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't you? But if the sand whispered a bit. <laughs> if yes. the sand got blown by wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. And the, the Magi let him escape because they assume the desert will kill him. Um, sure. That's what we're told he says, but I'm telling you now, he just says the same thing he said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> One of those lines he may say, but he doesn't say them all. (laughs) (laughs) And another three years pass at this point. And this is where we're introduced to Evelyn, the very lovely Rachel Weisz. And she knocks over a whole load of bookcases. And now it's a comedy. Classic. But what I love about this is that we can't get angry about it. Because... It's very easy to go, oh, they've just made the female character some beautiful woman who's really clumsy and blah, blah, but that's the point. This is a homage to all those old B-movies. She's supposed to represent those characters. And I quite enjoy that. I think she plays the role really well, and then we sort of see more of her as the movie goes along. Although there's more to her. Sure. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking, oh, that was funny. All the bookcases fell over. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of tidying up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then we're introduced to my favourite character, possibly <laughs> in all movies, is Jonathan. <laughs> God, I love him so much. <laughs> Such a classic little mummy scare. It's just he's all fun. Everything that's fun about this movie, he's always in the scene. He's a fun character. Yes. He's a he's an absolute scumbag. He's a piece of shit. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. But I like we've already said him and Benny morally. Probably on the same level, but he kind of lucks out and gets to be the good guy. I don't think there is a good person in this movie, right? Oh well, I mean, as is the as is the way with all of these movies oh, we'll... that we watch, all the protagonists are scum. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're learning about the movies we watched as children? How awful people! 
This is going to turn into a psychology podcast where we figure out why we are the way we are. All our protagonists were just awful human beings. Because Rick is, in, and I think Rick is in prison and he's going to be hanged, so he's done something. He was just looking for a good time. <laughs> Having too much of a good yeah. time. Yeah, whatever that means. Jonathan's a we thief. Um, yeah. Uh, who else do we have in this movie? Name of Benny. <laughs> Benny's awful. Imhotep is Imhotep. The warden um, is a really bad dude as well. He's just in it for the warden's money. Warden's not great. I mean, he was going to hang. Uh, what's his name? Well, that's his Nick. job, though, isn't it? And Rachel Vice starts out nice, rhymes, and we. <laughs> I'm joining in on your poetry hour from earlier, Evan. Yeah, that that'll be on a t-shirt as well. <laughs> <laughs> then we slowly see her just become worse as she's influenced by the people around her. Yeah, I do think. I mean, on another kind of note. Most of the characters in this are some variation on a stereotype. So, what is his name, Nick? God, I'm shit with names. Rick. Rick. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. No one was... Rick. No, nobody was called Nick in the 20s. <laughs> okay. Rick is your standard brave, dashing American. Gun-toting American. You've got Jonathan, who's the kind of bumbling, squirrely Englishman. You've got... um. Elsie, whatever her name, Evie. Rachel Weiss. <laughs> Evie. Do you watch these <laughs> movies on mute? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm really bad with names. Her, she's this kind of just nerdy, scholarly, posh English lady. And then every single Egyptian character who I guess there's a stereotype that they're all like money grubbing scum. I, I don't know. They're, See, they're all awful. I do somewhat and it feels disagree. racist, but I don't... No enough about it I don't, it I don't know. call it that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm too ignorant to know that it's racist. I'm going to do the opposite of yes and, because I do disagree mm. with that. Because one thing I liked about this was that everyone sort of represents like an archetype, a character archetype, but with more to them in the end. Like Rick starts out as the gun-toting American, but then we see he gets all sensitive and emotional and nervous around her. She starts out as the bookish, like clumsy woman who, like when shit gets real, she's the only one who wants to stay. Everyone is straight out the door. There's no heroes in this movie. Imhotep shows up and Rick is out of the country. And Jonathan, there's a scene, and I am jumping ahead, where Rick says, I've had worse odds than this. And Jonathan says, yeah, me too. And he means it. And we have to remember this is 1923. So we're only five years post World War One. So I believe him. I think there's more to every character. Or I've seen this movie 25 times and I've added shit to them because I love this movie so much. You've thought two. a lot more deeply about it than I, I have. Yeah. Uh, this is my episode now and I'm going to argue that The Mummy is the greatest movie ever made. I agree with wow. you about that, Carl. I feel um, that was genuine from Jonathan. That is skimming quite a lot there. That's when they're fighting Imhotep at the end. But um, There you go. <laughs> anyway, and now let's on. reverse it all the way back. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Back in. <laughs> so we're in the library this is where jonathan was introduced and um we meet the curator because jonathan's stolen this key from rick but we haven't met him yet and inside is a map they show it to the curator of this museum and he tries to to burn it he supposedly yeah. accidentally it was an yes. accident it. yeah but yeah. you can clearly tell that yeah he does it on purpose yeah I love the um the curator character who 
everything he says. He he speaks exclusively in phrases about Egyptian myths. Like every sentence he says is about an Egyptian myth. It it had like very Biazura Biazura kind of vibes from Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone talks exclusively in weird mythology okay. uh, references. Thank you for the explanation. Yeah. Great game. Terrible reference. Oh, yeah. For no one. <laughs> for nobody. For no one. Terrible reference for me. So they decide to, to go and meet Rick, who is the person that Jonathan stole this key from, to see if they can take him to Kama Sutra? Hamanatra. Fucking hell. <laughs> Kama Sutra. <laughs> I think you watched a different movie. Because yeah. part of the map was burned away accidentally by the museum creator. And this is our first look at Rick O'Connell, and he's got a very, very George of the Jungle look going on. He does. Was that that? Was that it? Was that, was that the? Was that the? Was that your note? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> and then what follows is a surprisingly visceral hanging scene. I actually um, did a bit more research on this because Sam asked me to. Did I? You messaged me saying, "I wonder how well hung Brendan Fraser is." <laughs> I don't know what you meant. Oh, oh, very good. <laughs> and I discovered that during this scene, he actually was hung. Ended up choking, getting choked it out. Real. Rachel Vice said that he actually stopped breathing and had to be revived. That's fucking insane for for a movie. For a, shit, shit a was different that, back in the twenties. Yeah, no safety in nineteen twenty three. I think he broke his then. back. In this movie as well. He broke his back in number two, I think. Number two, right. Yeah, so he's yeah. really thrown about for these movies. He still has yeah, those issues now. He never really fully healed from them. Yeah, we saw him disappear for a long time. Yeah. And I fucking love Brendan Fraser. But what I love about this scene, he is on the guillotine. He is on the hanging platform. What are they called? Hanging platform. Yeah, I did a That's crossword a puzzle with this. <laughs> Stop. hangman puzzle. <laughs> Stockies? The stocks, no. no. Stocks, whatever they are. All we're showing is that we're really stupid. Um, and she still is just like, I will give you... Uh, yeah. 10%? So, 20%? Guy's 25. about to die. Yeah, he uh, is dying. Well, yeah, but I mean... He's not- being choked out, not just him, the actor as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they strike a deal, they... They end up on 35%, I think, and the warden 25. lets Rick 25, go. mate, because there's four of them, and everything always works out. Well, he dies anyway, so we don't have to worry about this. And they oh, yeah. begin their journey to Hobbinoptera, and not a whole lot happens between here and there. No, not a whole lot happens. They get a boat, they get a camel. And they eventually end up on a boat. They do. Yes, they do. And uh, there is something here that Evie says, Evelyn... Sorry, we'll be calling her Evie informally from now on. I can't remember two names. Come on. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. I can't remember one. Rachel. Rachel says <laughs> that she doesn't believe in fairy tales and hokum. And in the next sentence, she says the reason she wants to go to Hamunaptra is to find the Book of Amun-Ra, which contains all the secret incantations of the Old Kingdom. <laughs> what about secret incantations doesn't fit into fairy tales and hokum? There's a big there's a big difference. Some magic <laughs> makes sense, some magic doesn't make sense. She's not into the magic that doesn't make sense. Really annoyed that I never thought of naughty imho step until right now. 
Oh, we've got the requisite pun for the episode. <laughs> and we're reintroduced to Benny. <coughs> we are. As he is guiding a rival bunch of Americans who also want to discover Hamanoptera. They're also on the boat. Yeah, equally vague backgrounds as um, Rick. Is that All just sort of there's desert a, hunting Indiana Joneses. This one of them is like a gun wielding cowboy and there's the other one who's um got guns and some sort of cowboy outfit and then there's another one who has bit, glasses has glasses and guns and a bit of a cowboy outfit <laughs> they become semi-important don't they the glasses yeah they come up in another scene he drops them <laughs> uh, benny asks rick why he's going back to hominoptera which is a fair question because the sand is haunted and mm. he says it's because Evelyn saved his neck. And I found it odd that the way of repaying her for him, for saving his life, is to take him to the place he knows has haunted sand. Yeah. His his motivations, I didn't really get. His background, I don't get. His entire character, I don't think I get. But I don't think you need to. That thing from the plot synopsis about him being in the French Legion, that is not mentioned in the movie at all. I mean, apart from the battle of Hamanatra when he's in the French Legion. Were they French? Is that what it was? That's why he's shouting instructions in French, yeah. I don't speak French. It could have been Egyptian for all (laughs) I know. (laughs) Look, okay. I know we're we're 40 minutes in, but should we start again? (laughs) (laughs) I knew he was talking in French, but I I don't... As a 10-year-old watching this film, as is the target audience... I'm not going to intuit that that means he's in the French Legion. That means nothing to me. Say Anyway, let's get back on point. The Magi break onto the boat and everything just goes fucking tits up. And anytime the Magi show up, things get set on fire. So people abandon the boat. Although I do love the scene before this where he pushes Benny into the water just for being there. That's very funny. Mm. Yeah, that is good. So they're, uh, they're trying to steal the key from... Evelyn, who doesn't yet know it's a key. Speaking of, by the way, do we? How did he get the key? He didn't go into Hamanoptera. No, we have no idea how he got the key. Okay. I guess he found it on the in the sand. He was like, uh, "I was probably said in French at the beginning, mate." Ah, <laughs> uh, it was yeah. And after this, they swim to the shore, and this isn't funny, but there's a little scene I liked where they buy the camels. Uh, and Rachel has to get dressed because she jumped in the water in some nighty or something. Yeah. And I just love like, the logical sacrifices you have to make to like tell a story narratively for an audience, but it doesn't make sense for a character. Where Rick and Jonathan are buying the camels, and Rick suggests they could have gotten the camels free if they just traded Evie. Very funny. Jonathan agrees and said it was an awfully tempting idea. Jonathan walks off, and at that same moment... Evie walks on the screen in quite a sexy garb. It's quite geographically correct. And he repeats awfully, but he doesn't whisper it. He says it at a volume that Rachel Weiss can hear. Like, walking out in her new clothes. He says awfully at the top of his lungs. But then she smiles as if she doesn't hear it, and he's just, like, looking at her sexy clothes. If you'd... If I come out in my new kicks, and one of you shouts awfully at the top of your lungs... And I've got no context. I'd be upset. <laughs> Awfully. Wow, Whisper repetition. That's, that's really nitpicky. 
Well, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> My God, we're critiquing lines. No, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I just found it funny. Because <laughs> she hears. It she is. hears and nods and receives it. She's like, yes, yeah. I am awfully, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, awfully. And then they travel across the desert on their lovely camels, led by Rick O'Compass, the human map. There you go. <laughs> The map's all up here. And this is one of my other jokes, which I quite enjoy. Harmonatra is then revealed by the sunlight. And like most things, you can't see it in the dark. Is that the joke? (laughs) (laughs) I biffed that so hard. Fucking hell. Having a bad time. That was great. Oh, what a lovely awkward silence. <laughs> I was waiting for the joke. Do you want to start again? No. No. Hamanaptera is revealed by the sunlight. And like <laughs> most things. <laughs> I'm cutting this out so you can do that as long as you want. You can't oh, see it in God. the dark. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Any points on that, Sam? I'll I'll say my bit now. Okay, to bring us back on. Um, so one thing I wanted to, one thing I noticed while I was watching this is that a lot of the actors in it, a lot of the cast, are playing different nationalities to you know where they actually come from. So like Benny, for example, I think he's meant to be Russian or Polish or he's something. Hungarian. I can't really tell his accent. Hungarian. Um, but he's actually the actor's American. Uh, Jonathan is meant to be English, but he's actually from Scotland, and you hear the Scottish coming out a little bit. Imhotep is a South African guy, and he's meant to be Egyptian. Uh, and obviously, everyone knows that Brendan Fraser comes from the jungle. So, I did not laugh at that because it wasn't funny. I was rereading my <laughs> shitty line, annoyed for saying it. And then I heard your joke. Oh, you nodded it. Yeah, he does come from the jungle. Fuck it out. <laughs> it's a George of the Jungle joke. We're never recording on a Friday again. <laughs> oh, so let's God. try this again. Hamanatra is revealed by sunrise and everyone on their horses and camels, they all race towards it in order to reach and start digging first. There was no real rush because it it stays visible and accessible to everyone and they all dig for the rest of the day. There was a bet on for who, for someone got money if they got there first, but that never actually comes to pass. So who cares? (laughs) Everyone dies, Sam. So it's fine. Everyone dies. They enter the tomb and they immediately find some statue. Obviously, everything is cursed. I don't know why anyone is interested in digging up anything in this movie. But I do love the scene with the diggers that the Americans, they tell them to open the statue and they get melted instantly. Oh, that is good. The, what do they call it? Salt acid. Which I don't know if that's a real thing, but that scene is brutal. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. I've heard of both those things. And meanwhile, by the way, we get... Well, it's not the first scarab attack. There was another scarab attack at the start of the movie, but um, the, what is it, the warden yeah, gets attacked by these little scarab beetles that 
burrow under the skin and then make their way under the skin through your body up to the face and then they dig into your brain and they kill you. And I swear to fucking God, this was my greatest fear as a child. This movie (laughs) influenced years of my life. I remember having nightmares about these scarabies. I was convinced that scarabies actually did that. I was like, well, I'm I'm never going to Egypt, wherever that is. I'm never going there because it's full of scarab beetles and they dig under your skin and they all burrow up and then... Why do people live there? (laughs) Exactly. It was... It's crazy how much of a significant part of my life was fear of scarab beetles. I'm absolutely the same, Sam. That terrified me. I still Google it every now and then to check that they don't do that. I was saying, well, what if oh, I misread God. or misremembered? What if they do climb in your skin? They don't. I googled earlier. I mean, we're safe. Yeah, absolute nightmare. But like, such just so good, such a good scene, such a good idea as a horror thing. It reminded me of something I was told in it must be in like early high school, which I'm fairly sure is prevalent across all high schools. What all young boys tell each other is that if you piss in a river in some certain sector of the Amazon, there is a parasite that will swim up your piss into your dick. <laughs> all boys know yeah, that. I've, I've heard that. I've heard <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. It's the fear we all live with. <laughs> Anytime we piss anywhere, we're worried about things going up. Yeah. Stuff goes up. I will say, I'll throw this in now, even though it happens later on in the movie. But another thing that terrified me as a child <laughs> that comes up later in the movie is quicksand. Because the, later on they're in a plane and it digs into it. I was convinced, convinced as a child that all over the world, all the time, people were Quicksand sinking. <laughs> <laughs> if I walked along a beach, I was like, I can't walk along the beach. What if there's quicksand? Oh, it's sand it's everywhere. the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Huh? There are these fucking terrifying. you'll never face instilled into yeah. you. Just convinced that all all the time people were sinking into quicksand and dying. <laughs> like it's a big part of life, avoiding quicksand as an adult. <laughs> it's part of the commute. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a bit of deja vu here now again, boys. The Magi attack the camp. Yes, they yes. do. And what really annoyed me about the scene was... The, the Magi all riding in on horses. It all looks very cool. They've got their, their swords, their skimtars. Some of them got guns. Very cool. But then one of them just rides right into a, a fucking full tank of gas that's just sat right in the middle of the fucking... <laughs> 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 I'm glad that oh, went down well. <laughs> love a reference to the other episode. <laughs> There's no tank of gas. They slaughtered a lot of people, and then the main Magi, whose name I've already forgotten, he decides no more bloodshed after a lot of bloodshed. A lot of people have been killed. Magi, the French, whoever the other people you think they were at the beginning. What I love about this is their one job is to defend, or to, to stop anyone discovering this mummy, or stop anyone digging in this area. And they're just like, you have to leave tomorrow. (laughs) obviously you can stay the night stay the night have another day of digging but you better be gone by tomorrow evening or there'll be trouble they also say this like they're they're being fought off you know um, Rick's fighting them off and everyone's fighting them off 
And then they kind of stop and they go, right, let that be a lesson to you. Go, go off in the morning. And then they leave. Like, why would you think that they'd leave? <laughs> it's just... Also, how did they find it at night? <laughs> like most things, you can't find them at night. <laughs> Everyone knows that you can't see things in the dark. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's so late, people. I don't think you're... I'm so tired. <laughs> Come on, let's get through this. No. The part of the movie I relate to the least is with the Americans. They're all digging. They find a box which in detail describes why you should not open the box. And I open it anyway. <laughs> it literally says, the mummy's going to take your organs. If if you open this box, you're going to die. They all ignore it. The movie bear ensues. In mind, bear in mind, yesterday they watched three guys get burned from salt acid. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, now nah, this is probably fine. This one's just a bluff. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to leave in the morning. We better open as much as we can. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I think Rachel is possibly reading from the Book of the Dead. Yes, she yes. is. Yes, and that awakens Imhotep. We're an hour in. The mummy is finally in it. They all run because they can hear the shrieks and Glasses Guy pulls the biggest fucking Velma move in any movie <laughs> outside of Scooby-Doo. He drops his glasses. He says, where are my glasses? About four times. And Denny obviously steps on them. And mm-hmm. Imhotep takes his eyes. I've got a question for you boys. Um, I might have the same question written down here. Why does Imhotep not <laughs> Is Imhotep, is his vision that bad? Is that the question? Is his vision as bad oh, as that guy? Well, there's a theory that that's why he thinks that he Rachel Weisz... Rachel Weisz is... on Sun and Moon. Yeah. Okay, so I, oh, I was watching. Just like, is that why? Because they say that she's been identified as the human sacrifice to bring her back. But I was wondering, is it just because he picked just the worst pair of eyes? And the first woman he saw. (laughs) I mean, had he taken those eyes with how bad that... We're showing how bad that guy's vision is. And then turned a corner and Brendan Fraser was there. Would he have still gone, Anuk Sun Moon? (laughs) 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 That would have been a very different movie and a very good one. Brendan Fraser asleep on a bed and then just starts getting kissed. Mm. Far more interesting movie. This, I'm sure there's fan art out there. <laughs> so they, they're they running through the tombs at this point and the monsters are starting to awaken. Um, Imhotep's sort of demonic things. Well, they, there were some like uh, spooky mummy monsters. Um, and there's the absolute classic. One of them corners Brendan Fraser and screams in his face and he screams back. Oh, no, that was the mummy. Love that, love that shit. That was mummy. Yeah, he's just... Sorry, Imhotep. Imhotep screams in his face. And then as and everyone's escaping... He screams back. We get, That is a great scene. But as everyone's escaping, we get just one of the best pieces of comedy in cinema for me with Benny. Oh, and yes. He's cornered oh. by the mummy. We think he's going to be killed. And he pulls out his cross and he starts praying to God. And the mummy doesn't care. And he just whips out a bunch of necklaces with all the different religious <laughs> symbols on and starts praying yeah. to each individual god, hoping that one of, <laughs> one of them will save him. And finally has a star of David and speaks in Hebrew, which Imhotep recognizes as the language of slaves from when he was alive. <laughs> yeah. And then he is saved. Day. But that is a way to encompass exactly how a character is in one scene is Benny and his many different 
It's so good. Just, it, yeah, it's, that's so it's good. absolute genius. That was a great scene. Yeah. I also loved Imhotep's response. Fine, you can be a slave for me. I won't kill you. <laughs> you can serve me. Yeah. And now he has to regenerate. <sighs> yes, so he takes a lot more of that dude's organs. The way I understood the box was that he could only take one organ from each person, which is the question I was going to ask you, because there's I four people just in that room. them all. He sort of did. And I was going to ask you boys... If you were coming back to life and you had to pick four organs to live with, what would they be? <laughs> you can only have four organs. Pick them. <laughs> oh my god! What is that's the, difficult choice? What does the spleen do? I don't know, but the fact that I don't know means probably don't want to choose it. <laughs> I'll go liver. Oh, I need that boy. Skin. Oh shit, I forgot about skin. Uh, yeah, skin's yeah. a big one. I'd have been walking around skin's with no skin a, thinking a that skin was a given. Yeah. No, <laughs> skin's no. a given. You don't get skin for free. That's not free. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like one of those restaurants where you order a pizza and assume that cheese or tomato sauces are given and then they bring out oh. your pizza and it's missing one or the other. You're like, no, no this yeah. is a pizza. Surely tomato and cheese are a given. No. No, you didn't order that. I didn't order didn't tomato order skin. sauce. I ordered skin. <laughs> I, mean, I assumed with a human body, skin came as a given. <laughs> I, I, assumed, I assumed this skin was complimentary. It's like, no, mate, you 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 chose teeth. You made that choice. God, a teeth? Am I learning that teeth are an organ? No, they're not. Okay. I just kept, said the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> If so, do I, is is it all teeth, or do I just get to pick four teeth? Oh. <laughs> Assuming you don't want any other organs, you can have four teeth and no skin. All skin, one tooth. Brain's a big one, I feel. Oh, no, but lungs. Oh, God damn, this is too hard. I can't pick four. Can't. <laughs> one lung, just have one... No, no. You have to have one lung. Force. You can have both. You can have both lungs. That's no, fine. No, that's two organs. Oh, they come as a pit. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> you don't get one little not patch a given, of skin. but the other lung is. Yeah, but you get all the skin if you ask for skin. You don't just get like one section of skin. <laughs> or just have skin on the face. That'll make me mo- look most normal. Does skin does skin also cover lips, or is that what is that what Enoxana Moon did at the start? Oh, no. Did I she mean, run out of her four? And that would explain why when we first get introduced to him, the mummy, and it, he just he just has no lips at all, just no exposed lips. teeth. Hey, he's got teeth though. He went for all four. <laughs> <laughs> all four teeth, and most of the rest of me is oh. bugs. <laughs> I'll get the rest later. <laughs> Fucking hell. That was a good diversion. This is my favourite oh. bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, he takes more organs from that dude. Uh, he finds him he does. in the city. Yeah, he's now got to regenerate by abs- absorbing the four guys who opened the cursed box that said he had to absorb them. Explicitly stated that their organs yeah. would be taken. I'm astounded yeah. that they chose to do that still. If only one of them had opened it, would he just have to absorb one? If you get like 50 guys all with one finger opening it, is he going to have to... Oh, for 
fuck's sake. One from each, yeah. <laughs> One from each of you. I mean, at least they'd have a full set of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Keep holding out for who's got the best skin. <laughs> this is where Rick uh, decides to rock, uh, lock Evie in a room. Safe in there, the Americans guard her, and him and Jonathan go off on some expedition to find the Egyptologist who was with the Americans earlier on in the movie. He's dead straight away because he was there when the box was opened. The next two Americans die pretty quickly, and we get a very horny Imhotep trying to kiss Evie while she sleeps. Oh, this had yeah. one of my favourite moments. So he is kissing Evie as she sleeps. It turns out if you say your girlfriend's name before you kiss another woman, that makes it fine. And then <laughs> Rick, comes in with a, Rick comes in with a cat, which Imhotep at this point is scared of because he's not fully regenerated. Fair play. And what I loved about the animation as he flees and turns into, I guess, some sort of sand tornado is Magic the sand. animation. Sorry? Magic sand. Magic sand. Magic sand. Is is the tornado goes hand, face, hand, which implies that he's spinning as he escapes the room, <laughs> just spinning in a circle. Yeah, that's why he takes so long to come back later, because he's so dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> that takes an hour, yeah. Just spins himself out of the window while yeah. screaming. <laughs> now he has a slave army which immediately breaks into where they're hiding i want to make a point about this slave army he's yeah. got so he's raised an army of slaves who are people who walk very slowly and chant his name constantly it seems like that's all that they can really do yeah that's a bit of a shit army, <laughs> it's a shit army yeah. you'd get you'd get annoyed with that wouldn't you if all they can do is walk slowly and say your name, Sam. You're like, oh, just go Sam. over there. <laughs> just Sam. You know what? I've got this. I'm magic. <laughs> I can make meteors rain down. I can spin myself into a tornado and turn water into blood. You but can chill here. Using his army, he captures the last American. At which point I wrote he down does. Imhotep sucks four men dry and now he's regenerated. <laughs> Oh, That's a toothy blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> he's got four whole sets on at this point. Like a shark. Four sets of teeth. Christ, he's like a fucking piranha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went in sizes only. He's just like a rodent. <laughs> and now... Peeling oh that dick God. like a potato. What's left of his plan is to sacrifice Evie in order to bring back Anak Sun and Moon. And I have a question about this. Because all the bad shit we hear about Imhotep is... It comes from the Medjai. That all this horrible stuff he can rain down on the world. But all we ever see from him in terms of motivation is... I just want my girlfriend back. I don't, I don't think he's as bad as they're saying. Mm. He, ne- he We never hear from him that his plan is to take over the world. And then his his servant Benny explicitly says, he "Just he, his plan is to take Rachel Vice." I think I think we're being sold far worse than he really is. I think he's misunderstood. That's what I'm going to go with. Misunderstood. He wouldn't even be able to take over the world if those bloody Egyptians hadn't given him god powers. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. At this point, I did say. At this point, I'd like to once again point out 
this curse is fucking great. <laughs> like he bangs the 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 king's uh whatever it was lover, and in return he gets to live forever and bring her back, yeah, but to live with him. <laughs> also, he he's ancient Egyptian. Like, how much of the world does he know actually exists? He, this guy doesn't know America exists. Just go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair play. There you go. He thinks he's conquered the whole world. He's got like three miles. <laughs> now, boys, if he only wants his girlfriend back, he obviously wants to bang. But at this point, how many dicks does he have? <laughs> Has he absorbed oh. everything from these guys? He's got four. He's a little octopus down there. I just, I hate that you've asked a question that I was going to ask later. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> just because. I was just like... It's a lot like the Terminator, this movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's just this unkillable monster that's hunting down a girl while they try to protect her. With The only real difference being that whereas in the Terminator, one loses flesh as the movie goes on. This one gains flesh. They even die in a very similar way, just being lowered into a thing of liquid. Ooze. He should, he should have done a thumbs up as he went down, but he didn't. And so I was wondering, like... Do mummies have dicks? Because he doesn't when he's walking around. Does he not? He was wearing a loincloth, right? Oh, I meant when he was like a CGI gooey mummy. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't check. Yeah. So, but I guess you're not. assuming under the loincloth, he now has just four separate dicks. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't have to keep this in, do we? <laughs> That's not an image that anyone else needs. <laughs> That's a horrible image. I also want to point out, this happens slightly prior to this, before he's absorbed uh, all the boys. But there's a scene where he's mostly he's mostly regenerated, so he looks like himself, but he's got some like gaps in his face. Oh, that and holds up. a scarab beetle climbs out of one, climbs across his skin, goes into his mouth, and he crunches it in his mouth. That's fucking sick. That is so a great piece cool. of CGI. And um, yes. oh my god! Apparently, that is supposed to be the relationship he's had with these things because he's unable to die. Apparently, that's part of his curse is that he's undead. Yeah. Even though he's very dead when we see him. Is that he's pretty much been in this coffin, in this sort of like, in this relationship with the scarrows where he eats them whilst they eat him, and he's just been going through that torture for the last three centuries was apparently the idea behind this curse that was put on him. Was that an actual thing? Yeah. That he was... Oh. I mean, I heard it on a podcast, so I'm assuming it's true. Everything you hear on podcast is true. Everything you hear on podcast is true. Imotech Imotep officially has four dicks. Four dicks. That's what I'm naming this episode. Four, four, four dicks. dicks and about 300 teeth. <laughs> Eight lungs. That's how we can do all that shit with sand. Fucking <laughs> hell. Oh, wait, that's off track. Fucking <laughs> okay, mental. Oh, we've spun ourselves in a circle and got dizzy. Rick and Co. Oh. escape through the sewers after being cornered by the mob, and we, we, we lose the curator here. He holds off the, the mob of angry Emotep followers. And this is where we're introduced to Winston. He's already been introduced, but this is where they enlist him to fly him out to Hamanaptra. Hamanaptra. Kamasutra. Yes, nice. God, I keep going to say Kamasutra. Uh, and I just love his excitement to die. 
He's just living the life after being in the Air Force in World War One. I. I love this character so much. Yeah, he is the last one left. All of his compatriots are all die. They all died in the war. He's been left, and all he wants is to join them. And that's how they convince him to join them on this mission, is everyone else has died, why not you? But yeah, they get on his plane, strapped to each wing, or Jonathan on one wing, our Medjai on the other. Medjai. Yes. <laughs> Good effort. Still saying the same line. <laughs> Got the first syllable. Uh, and this is the famous scene where Imhotep does his big face of sand. I, Holds up, I think. He does. Pretty good still. It I love that I loved- he has to act it all out as he does it. He can't just... I was going to yeah. say the same thing. He's doing the acting. He's he's kind of doing what the Storm's doing the whole time. I'd love to see the, the uncut version of him <laughs> just sort of making faces and going, oh, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like it takes you out of it, though. I think he's got the right level of like going big with that where it doesn't look silly. It's still I- good. I think what makes his character work is that although it's mainly a comedy, he's never funny. Uh, apparently, that was an actor's the actor's decision uh, was that he was going to play this whole thing straight. He was going to play it as he was in his mind, justified in this quest to bring back his girlfriend. He's not funny. It's not a comedy, and that's that's what makes whenever he's in each scene, he's always intimidating because when he's around, the funny stops. For the most part, absolutely. Yeah, it was like he he, he did a really good job. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I think everyone in this movie did a good job. Everyone so fulfilled oh, yeah, each yeah, role yeah, perfectly. Yeah. Like this movie yeah. should not have been as good as it is, but it's each each individual actor mm. makes just had no right to yeah. be this good. So now Imhotep takes Evie and Benny, because Benny's his slave still, uh, into a chamber yeah. to perform this ritual and. Rick, Jonathan, and the Magi, uh, they're trying to break into that same chamber as well. And this is another scene that haunted me as a kid, because initially it's gross, and then it's gross again, where the scarabee dog crawls inside Jonathan, and they have to cut it out of him. Mm. There's a, a little aside here. Maybe this gets cut out. It probably does. There's a horror movie. I don't know if you two have ever seen it. I can't remember the name of it. But there's this group of kids that go to this, like I think it's like an Aztec temple or something, and there are these vines, there are these little vines that dig under your skin and dig like into the muscle and they get under there and then they're like, you know, blue. Have you two ever seen, the, oh. I can't remember what it's called. I don't want to see that. There's this fantastic scene in it where this they, they're all like hiding from <clears> these horrible vines and this girl is convinced that there's one under her skin. She's like, it's in there, it's in there. And they were like, no, you're just paranoid. It's getting into your head. Like, you know this is getting to you and they wake up and she's got a knife and she's carved her leg open oh my god that sounds familiar and she was and she was right it was in there and she's there like with her leg gaping open blood cut oh fucking gruesome thank you for that sam can't remember the name of the film but we'll do that next week that can be your pick I hope skin wasn't one of the organs she requested because she ruined it. <laughs> she wasted that. <laughs> I'll have plant. Yeah, skin, teeth, lungs, plant. Oh, not plant, not plant. <laughs> Fuck, no, not plant. <laughs> oh, God. So Rick shoots the scarab beetle after it's been popped out of Jonathan and Imhotep. Obviously, he is. And he awakens his mummy priests 
and a whole big fight scene ensues. This is all very fun mm. stuff now. Uh, the the Magi sacrifices himself, but really all he does is leave and go sit out on his camel for a bit. <laughs> yeah, he, he just walks outside. Yeah. <laughs> he ran past those mummies and straight out the door. Yeah. And uh, Evie wakes up with an axe and a moon next to her. And this is again where I'm thinking it's a good job. Everything that was needed to make this movie happy was happen was in this temple because an axe and a moon is also there. They just piled everything yeah. in the same room. No, it's fine, because she was over there. And the key's <laughs> over there. And the book's over here. No one's going to be want to doing all this walking back and forth. No one's going to go into three different rooms. What I like about this scene is that we're told that he needs Rachel Vice in order to resurrect Tanuk Cinnamon. But he doesn't, because he res- resurrects her. What he needs is, uh, I'm guessing, Rachel Vice in order to make her like, hot again. To make oh, her heart, yeah. yeah. So is that like a separate page of the book then? Just to bring her back, do this. To make but her if bangable. She, if she's yeah, if, if if she's not hot anymore, you're gonna want to yeah. kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he knows how to bring her back as soon as he wakes up. He's like, I could do, but hold on. I'm not gonna bring her back yet. I'm gonna find a, a hot girl first. Yeah, because um in the very first so in the opening is it called a prelude in this movie? Something like that? Prologue? Yeah. One of those words. Um, when he's trying to resurrect her the first time, when he gets stopped before he gets mummied, there's no sacrifice because she's still hot. Yeah. So there, there, I think the word a, you're looking for is moist. She <laughs> really dries out with age. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's leathery. Whereas he stays slimy, yeah, as is well, mentioned earlier the, in the film. Yeah, the naughty step curse. Moist forever. The slimy step. Four organs and wet as you like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so yes, he brings he brings her back in her kind of non-hot form, corpse form. And at the same time, Rick and Jonathan find the Book of Amun Ra, which is the opposite to the Book of the Dead, which is what nailed that one. Rachel used to to bring him back to life. Supposedly, the Book of Life will put him back to dead. With that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> they come in and save the day. Uh, so Evie, Evie isn't sacrificed. And uh, this this bit now where Jonathan reads from the cover of the Book of Almond Roll without really knowing what he's doing. I love the idea that they put an incantation on the cover of the book because it raises <laughs> those mummies from the dead. Almost like it's a marketing ploy for the book where it's like, here's one spell free, Purchase the book for hundreds more inside. <laughs> Buy the key. Microtransactions. <laughs> in this in this fight scene, I just want to mention, I love that Imhotep, back to full power, he's absorbed all the organs. He's got so many dicks. He's, a, he's maximum <laughs> power. And he spends the whole fight standing on some steps, just kind of watching. Yeah. Well, because all the just fights like, going on around him, he can't tell fine. where to get involved. And there's no sand in the room. So that's 80% of his powers gone. <laughs> when he twists he's, in yeah. that room, he just literally spins around. <laughs> he's dithering. That's what he's doing the whole time. <laughs> Spinning around to no effect. Like I'm dizzy. And then just kind of dithering. <laughs> and he can't stop because of the forward motion of all his dicks. <laughs> God. This is... Depraved. Oh, this is <laughs> Sorry, every episode it's so done. late. <laughs> this is so awful. 
Jonathan eventually finishes the incantation and gets control over yep. these very cool new guard mummies that all have weapons, and they mash Anax and Amun to bits. She is oh, gone. Yeah, fuck her up. They read the rest of the book, and Imhotep has his soul stolen by a dude with a chariot. I did not research oh. who that was. Great CGI. I got no idea what was happening, but I love the CGI. It's very Casper. Big, really Casper, kind of really floaty. Yeah, blue. Uh, very blue. So blue, so gloopy. Oh. All the CGI is so goopy in this. It's fantastic. This movie's been quite dry up until this point. There's a lot of goobiness <laughs> in this section, especially with... So Imhotep is stabbed after he becomes mortal because his soul was stolen. I don't know why he didn't yeah. catch on to seeing a spiritual version of himself being stolen by a dude with a chariot, equating to him losing his powers. But he just went for Rick anyway. Rick stabs him, and then he sinks into the goop. That, why yeah. is that a running theme with these movies? Why is there always some sort of oozy substance? It's always goop. It's on the checklist for making a movie. Yeah, 90s movies, gotta have some goop. Organs. Goop. <laughs> <laughs> Teeth. I uh, So before we picked this, I almost picked The NeverEnding Story. And I looked at the trailer and I, I wasn't quite sure whether or not it would be funny enough. But massive teeth in that movie. The kid. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> piano keys they were. <laughs> but I fear that would have been my one joke. Yeah. It's all could we definitely to talk see about. those at night time. Fucking high vis they were. <laughs> leave that fucking bit in now. Jesus. <laughs> You've got to leave the whole bit in. <laughs> so the movie's Fucking basically hell. over. The only thing that happens now is Benny leans on that contraption, which sinks the whole temple. Why is it yeah. leaning height? He drops it. I'm going to, I'll I'll go, I'll, I'll do you one better. Go on. Why put a lever in your temple that crushes the whole temple? Well, this is linked to the plot. So they did that because all the treasure was <laughs> oh. there. They mentioned earlier on that there was a device to sink it just in case they needed to sink why the a, treasure. Why have a treasure crushing button? They don't explain that. I don't want it was to crush maybe in my French treasure. or Egyptian. Maybe that's what the Magi <laughs> was saying. No one could read it. Also, isn't it a shame they didn't find the massive treasure room earlier when they were looking around <laughs> and all they found was some little canopic jars and... And a slimy Real corpse. easy to find at the end. And it was right next to the end. So easy. In the room next door. <laughs> yeah. The biggest room. Also in this, um, in the escape scene. So they've all got to do a big sort of escape scene. Running through as the ceiling's lower. Mm -hmm. um, and they do like three different Indiana Jones style. Slides. The door's lowering and they slide underneath. Which it's not, it's, it's no secret. This movie was influenced by Indiana Jones. I, I'm going to say that was an homage to that. Oh, for sure. Because, yeah, they do it quite a few times. It's, Three times. It's great every time. <laughs> I have um, a question for you on that. Yeah, go for it. Could Rick have saved Benny? Or did he just ditch him? I but, couldn't figure uh, out, like, because he's just, like, he reaches a hand out, it's just like, reach for, and then just pulls away and goes, bye, Benny. Like, that's cold. I don't think he could have done. I think that that door was, like, too low. a few inches high at that point. I think he would have taken maybe a taken him off at the shoulder, chopped an arm off at best. Not that it would have made any difference because Benny immediately died. Benny's got a weird uh, kind of character arc where he he finally redeems himself by heading back in to help them, and then I thought he was heading back he, in to get more was, treasure. He went back in to get more treasure. Yeah, yeah he doesn't help. 
He, he no, he got out to the camel. Yeah, he and he more, had his though. treasure on his shoulder. He wanted more. Is that what? He, yeah. So yeah, I, he looked at the treasure took, and was like, "This isn't enough treasure." Okay, I took his looking back to be like, "Should I leave my only friend in That's there?" That's because you're a lovely guy, Sam. Okay, I you thought too highly of that. I thought too highly of Benny. I thought that he'd gone back in to help his his bud. He took the treasure with him back no, in. No, no, that was more treasure. That was another bag of treasure. He was oh, taking for in. fuck's sake! Fuck's this sake, Benny! Links well to my favorite Benny scene, where he's talking to Evie, and she says that rats like him always get their comeuppance. And he's like joking along with her, and then he's like, "Really? Like truly worried that his actions might catch up with him." And they do. He gets eaten by scarab beetles. I'd rather be crushed to death than eaten by scarab beetles. I want to crawl under that door. I'd rather get uh, dunked into quicksand than eaten by scarab beetles. <laughs> Out of the two ways that it is possible to die, yes, <laughs> three ways, including getting sucked into a pharaoh, or um. What? Whatever, whatever Imhotep is sucked off by whatever, a pharaoh. <laughs> whatever Imhotep does or who he is, um, absorbed <laughs> absorbed by a by a demon. That's number one. Uh, quicksand or scarabeels. I think quicksand's the best way to die. <laughs> Whoever he is and whatever he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost track. Sucked off by a priest. Yes. (laughs) The the altar boy (laughs) death, as it's known. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, your soul dies there. (laughs) Well, the movie's over. There's a bit of a kissy-kissy scene, and they ride off into the sunset. Unknowingly having a bag of treasure. Oh, of course. The real treasure was the friends we made along the way, boys. And the friends that they made along the way, one of whom was the the Magi, the the guy we don't know the name of, uh, who says that you've earned the respect of the Magi. Why? They oh. resurrected the guy that you were protecting and then destroyed the thing that you were project- protecting. Because there's only they one Magi everything left. everything up. And it's him and he respects them. He's like, oh, fuck it, I may as well. Yeah. Well, the Magi are on unemployment now. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just trying to get some of that treasure. Anyway, shall we move on to trivia? You got some trivia for us, Carl? Please. I have one bit of trivia for you. I better be good. Don't even say it. Let's rush on. (laughs) No, go for it. I made a uh, reference to Terminator earlier. Do you know who else was considered for the role of Rick (laughs) O'Connell? Fuck off. Fuck off. (laughs) I don't believe it. (laughs) That's not true, but it was. Just as bad, I would say. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> oh, that is equivalent. Was, was no, that would have been awful. Okay, the scene, the scene near the start where he's in a cage and he kind of beckons uh, Evie closer to him and then steals a kiss. If that was Sylvester Stallone, that would be even more rapey than it already was. Yeah. They'd have hung him. Yeah, she would have gone. Oh, yeah. Okay, absolutely hang him. We'll give you. Oh my god, his his neck's 1%? so thick; it won't work. <laughs> I'll give you a hundred percent to hang him. <laughs> yeah. think, oh, lovely stuff. Like, the list was vast on who else was considered before Brendan Fraser. So I think they got very lucky that everyone else said no. That you usually yeah. obviously top Tom Cruise, who ended up playing in a mummy movie later on, Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Brad Pitt. But yeah, they definitely looked well, into the right actor. But yeah, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, how did he make that list where they went Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> Dashing American heroes. Yeah. Yeah, I think the original um, ending was him all bruised up. Just going, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> what well, was this was this um Brendan Fraser's first big film? I haven't looked into this. No, apparently it was his acting in George of the Jungle that got him the role. I don't was know how first? those two linked, George of the Jungle Camp, but he was famous before that. But I think mainly wow. he's a comedy actor, not necessarily action. He was in a a great film called Airheads with Adam Sandler, which I don't know if either oh, of you have seen, seen which is fantastic. I recommend it. And the yeah. Encino Man replays a caveman who's thawed out or brought back to life. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would recommend Airheads to anyone. Very quickly. They play a really shit, I think, rock band who take a radio station hostage and force them to play their music. <laughs> it's great. Nice. Yeah, no, maybe maybe you should do that as uh, one of these episodes. Sam, hit us up with some bad <laughs> reviews. <laughs> okay, I'll dive right into these. Um, unsurprisingly, it was hard to find some bad reviews for this because, it's a great yeah, spoiler movie. alert, it was quite good. <laughs> I got a few, though. I dug through the archives and found a couple of wacky ones, so... <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm leaving that in. Craig. Oh, yeah. Real build-up for this. Craig W. gives it one star. He says, So bad you'll want to wrap bandages around yourself and lock yourself in a tomb till your memory fades. May have been better if the opening credits had been the end. <laughs> and after reading this, I thought, Hold on a second. Hop back to the start. There weren't any opening credits. There were no opening credits in this film, so... No idea what he's talking about. That's something I wanted to mention, because they've been quite prevalent in other movies we watch. I want to find they the have. exact year, the exact movie, in which opening credits were no longer a thing. Because yeah. the later 90s movies that we've watched, Stuart Little, this, lacking in them, which I'm very glad. Thank God. They suck. Thank God yeah. they stopped. Yeah. Don't need them. No. Thank God they stopped. Um, okay, next one. Um, Alan C. gives it 0.5 stars. Um... So this is out of five. It says <laughs> this just to clarify. Point out of five one star. star. <laughs> point five out of one. This, <laughs> this one reminds me of when my finger poked through the toilet paper and I got shit on it. I had a smell and it immediately caused a reflex action of avoidance. So just like the smell of real shit, avoid. I don't know why he felt the need to share all that. Just say it's bad. Um, just say it's bad, like Sarah Jane W did. One star again. Just said, big bowl of bollocks. Big bowl of bollocks and four dicks. Big yeah. bowl of bollocks. <laughs> he probably does have a big bowl of bollocks at this point. He's got at least eight. <laughs> Stuff. Thank you for that, Sam. I'll have those. Um, but I'm glad that they didn't dig into the movie too much because what is there to dig into? So, Evan, think that was good? Do you? Oh, I loved that. Was that on purpose? Did he no, plan I was that? I to steal Sam's thunder. Oh, unplanned. I forgot what I was meant to say, so I paused. <laughs> the name of the podcast. <laughs> what are we called? I did this last week. I can't you. <laughs> of course, I love this. This is one of the best movies. It is a fun romp, 
It's a comedy, it's an action, I love Jonathan. There's nothing to hate about this movie. Going through it, I may have been a bit nitpicky here and there, though it's only for the podcast. There's nothing wrong with it. It is fantastic. What did you think about this movie? I, I highlighted my one issue with it going in, in that I love this movie so much I happened to have watched it three weeks ago. So I was <laughs> struggling a little to watch it again so soon. But other than that, yes, it's fantastic. As I said earlier on, it shouldn't be as good as it is, but every actor just played a role to perfection and made it what it was, made it far better than I guess, the sum of its parts almost. Fantastic film. 0. 0.5 stars. <laughs> out of 0. 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> 0. 0.5 out of 0.5. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, this is all going to be, you know, one note, but um, I completely agree. It's just so fucking good, and it shouldn't have been. We've all, I mean, all the criticism that I read about this online is, oh, it's just a second-rate Indiana Jones. No, it's not. But it was supposed to be. Like, it's clearly intended as a bit of a cash-in, but because... It was just so well produced. It became its own thing. And yeah, the sequels, and I mean, this movie as well, are cheesy, but it's kind of meant to be, and it's its own thing. And in the right way. After watching this, I had no intention of watching this before, you know, you mentioned it for the podcast, but I'm going to go back and watch the sequels as well because I enjoyed it. And fuck. Nodding his so heads. Good. That's what you can all hear. So, me and Carl yeah. nodding. Yes, yes, yeah. we will watch the sequel. Let but me just know when fun. you've watched it, and I will pick the sequel three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'll make notes just in case. <laughs> oh, let's end this. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you listening. Thank you, boys. Hit us up with that five star review. Follow us on Twitter at So You Think Pod and over on YouTube. There's nothing on there at the minute, but there will be real soon. Until next time, goodbye. And also with you. Sorry about the rocket. Tape. <laughs>